Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at verses 8 through 10, but we will not get to those verses to the end of the message. The blessings of this season. This is an opportunity as a church, as a pastor, as a family to reach out and bless people. And uh, God has given us as a church many opportunities, whether it's at Lonedale, uh, Edgar Murray, uh, the school systems and the such. And so one of those opportunities, because uh, what I want to do, uh, I've got a message that was written on Wednesday and we're, we're going to get there. But uh, a lot of things happened from Wednesday on and, and I want to share with you uh, in way of introduction of getting to that message. So Monday started out uh, for us uh, as an opportunity uh, some 33-plus omelets were made for our teachers at Edgar Murray uh, through Dawn and I, uh, just a way to bless them. Uh, and then uh, later that day, I ate with the police, and that's how I say it, because in the South, that's how you say it. Uh, you say the police, not the police, you know. And uh, now, I say police, all right, but I say police when I'm talking about St. Clair folks just to raise an eyebrow, you know. Uh, so they think, what? man, this guy don't even know how to say police. Well, it's in the South. You not only say police, but you say ambulance. We need an ambulance. <laughs> That's what you say. It's not ambulance. It's ambulance. So, uh, but I've been up here for many, many years. I've been redeemed, okay? Uh, but nonetheless, it was a great day with the police at Lewis's. We had a great time, uh, fellowship and the such. Pretty uneventful Monday. Then Tuesday, uh, we had an opportunity. Uh, I had a wonderful opportunity Tuesday to get caught up with John Dover. Uh, John Dover is pastor at Friendship Baptist Church, one of our sister churches uh, there in St. Clair. Please pray for your sister churches. Please pray. I'm not telling you there's anything wrong. I'm telling you they need prayer, just like we do. We need prayer. Uh, And amens ring throughout the building. Church, we need prayer. And we need our sister churches to pray for us, and we need to pray for them. So John and I just had a tremendous three-hour conversation. It it was. It was good. We needed it. With that said, um, I want to share with you about Gary Gillum. His name is written on a notepad in my office. Gary Gillum, 78 years old, been a right-hand man to Brian Kingston, my nephew, pastor at Ozark Heights in Potosi, Missouri. If God doesn't intervene, Gary's not going to be with us much longer because of cancer. Gary's ready to live as Christ, to die as gain. Uh, but that church, they, they need this pillar of their church as long as they can have him type thing. So just pray. Ask God to heal him. If he doesn't, he'll heal him ultimately, and, and that will be all glory to God. But I wanted to pass that along uh, in this section here. But then, of course... Uh, Tuesday, we got an opportunity, a family in our church, and they're going to remain anonymous unless they tell me otherwise, uh, but they have been blessed to be able to uh, give turkeys this time of year to our veterans, and so he called me up a month or so ago and said, uh, what do you think? You think some families could you know, use it here at Bethel? So the staff got together, and we made a list. We delivered those turkeys Tuesday. It was wonderful, uh, and those families, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand on that. <laughs> Then I watched my favorite movie with two wonderful people Tuesday evening at my house. If you've never rented Snowball Express, 1973 is when it was created. Disney, when Disney was trustable, <laughs> in my humble opinion, uh, it, it's awesome. We watched it, had a good night. Okay, 
So, so far, the week's rocking along pretty good. Wednesday, I worked in the office, had an amazing Christmas party with our BRH crowd that evening. Juana had tremendous uh, parties throughout uh, the situation. Ava was over. Now, Ava is a little six-year-old girl that we've been watching. Uh, I, I, I like to use Ava's experience. We're either pro-life or we're not. Amen, church? We're pro-life or we're not. It's one thing to say you're pro-life. It's another thing to be pro-life. And so we had a, a single mother that has this child, and she was working at least one, maybe two jobs trying to pay bills and raise this child by herself. And so it started with Molly. Molly started watching Ava, and, and the mother, Brittany, would pay Molly. Well, we started watching Ava, and we told Brittany, you don't pay us. When Molly keeps, you bet that's between you, her, and, and God. When we keep her, you're paying us by letting us keep her because we want to be grandparents. We want to be grandparents. And so we have to steal, I mean adopt, some other children from other families to be grandparents. So we, we adopted Ava. That was when she was six months old, and she's six years old now. So they've moved to Sullivan, meaning Ava's mom uh, and uh, Tristan, uh, the man she calls dad now, a wonderful guy. And so I drive her so that she can come to Awana on Wednesday nights. Mama, this mama, goes and gets her and brings her. And she goes to Awana. She loves Awana. And then we take her that Thursday morning. I take her to school. You know, you got to have breakfast. And praise the Lord for Master's Donuts so that we can have breakfast. So we stop there every Thursday morning of the world. And we get breakfast. Doesn't matter if we've already ate breakfast at home. We get breakfast again at Master's Donuts. And so I almost had her convinced for the last two or three weeks to stay in the truck. Because it's so much easier to just lock the truck up, go in, get the donuts, come back out, and go. But she likes to go in. So I had, I thought I had her trained to stay in the truck. This time she said, I want to go in. Okay. So you go, you got to get her out, undo her from her seat, pick her up, carry her up the hill, get in Bulldog's Donuts. Then you got to avoid the red squares because the red squares are wava. And if you step in wava, that, that's really bad. And so we get our donuts and we go back to the truck. I put her in. And this is the first time I've ever had this thought. I thought, I've got my hands full of stuff in Ava, and so I'm putting her in. I'm going to be organized, and I'm going to go to my seat and put this stuff down and then give her the stuff instead of trying to do all that with my hands while I'm sitting. I've, I have literally done this to avoid this door and I've done this into my door, putting the stuff in my seat. In that little amount of time, I hear, I mean, it was serious. It wasn't, uh, it was, and I see her legs up in the air and her head is headed to the asphalt. This is going to be a bad day. But apparently, an angel of the Lord had her hand because she was suspended in midair. Her legs were doing this. <laughs> her mouth was because <laughs> she just knew she was going to fall out and hit her head. Somehow, she was staying suspended. Of course, you know, I go into papaw mode, and I come over it, and I grab her with one hand. She's a little bitty thing. I pick her up, and I go, what are you doing? What were you doing? She said, I was trying to shut the door. It was cold. It was cool. So she leaned out. Now, y'all know those child seats. They don't, they're just a seat. 
So when she leaned against the there she goes. Somehow she's suspended for about five seconds in midair, her legs flailing. <laughs> when I got her upright, she had the biggest crocodile tear right here. I almost went and bought her a pony right then. <clears throat> I took the tear away. I hugged on her. I loved on her. And I said, are you okay? I didn't ask her, do you want to go to school? You don't ask questions like that. You just take them to school. So we had our walk-in song. It, it was all good. That should have been my clue. This is, this is not going to end well, you know? So we got through that, and then uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading my lines here. Ah, we went sofa shopping. Dawn and I are looking to get one more sofa to go with the sofa that we bought this time last year before our April uh, before her surgery. And so we did that. Well, we uh, had a Colton's gift card from one of you fine folks from all the honoring stuff that we've come through here in October and the such. So we were going to go spend that. Somebody paid for our meal. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Now, church, I don't know if y'all need any instructions on this, but I'm just going to use this as a public service announcement. When someone pays for your meal, they're not telling you that you can't afford to pay for it. That's not what they're telling you. Because at Cracker Barrel, about a month or so ago, Dale and Betty were over there, and me and uh, Benjamin, Emma, and Dawn were at there, so we saw Bel Betty and Dale, and I said to the four, we're going to pay for their meal tonight. Benjamin had some friends in the corner. I'm going to pay for their meal tonight. So it was cool. We asked the waitress to do it. You know what the waitress did? She took care of Betty and Dale's on me, but then she bought some stranger's meal with Benjamin and Emma's money. This stranger proceeded to come to me with a very unchristian-like face <laughs> and say, do I look like somebody that needs you to pay for my meal? You know, what, what do you do with that? And I said, do I look like somebody that can afford to pay for your meal and my meal? <laughs> now, I had said a few other things before that to kind of disarm the situation. And, you know, <laughs> and we explained to her, we were just trying to bless some other folks, and, and you got blessed accidentally. And it just disarmed her. Oh. But, but Betty, she was a little bit like you. I got to pay for somebody's meal. <laughs> Betty tries to give me her, her card because she was there eating on a gift card too for Cracker Barrel. I'll tell you what I did with my gift card. I put it back in my wallet <laughs> for, for the next time. You know, watch this, church. When you buy somebody's meal, you're just trying to bless them. Can I get a witness? That's it. You're just trying to bless them because, church, listen to me. Gavin and I can tell you, Ken Burnett paid for thousands of dollars of our meals to the day, we would be sinning not to give that back. And, and so that was something that happened on that Thursday evening. So we get home, and folks, we're exhausted. We had quite the weekend. Y'all know you had it too. We, we're exhausted, and we're ready to go to bed at about 8.30, and we get a text from Tony. I fell at work. I thought I was fine, started doing some other stuff, and then started having some other pains. I reported that, and so they've called an ambulance. I'm headed to Washington. So Dawn's like, you know, because she's got work the next day, and Fridays are the days that I try to take off. So, you know, I, I can catch up. So I told her, let me take this. So I go to the hospital. We sit there. 
And around, I don't know, 11 or 12 midnight, uh, they had done a CT scan, and the doctor walks in and says these words. Have you ever had CT scans before? No. Have you ever had problems with your brain before? Well, (laughs) medically speaking, no. And she said, these, these were her words, he's got a soft tissue mass in his brain, and we're trying to figure out what all else. So they shipped us to Mercy South for an MRI. Well, that starts a very long evening and long day. Dawn, of course, now is with us at Mercy South. We got there around 1.30 or 2, so we had to sit until they're able to give us the MRI. Long story short, uh, hallelujah, praise the Lamb. He does not have, according to this doctor, an MRI, a soft tissue mass. He has uh, some abnormalities, and Doug... Uh, Henson, after the service, walks up to me and says, Brother Ben, tell me you weren't shocked that he had abnormalities in the brain. He's your son. You know, you know Doug, minister of encouragement. So uh, we laughed. We had a good laugh. Uh, he has, they're calling it epilepsy. They're calling it seizures. And uh, we, we think we can figure out maybe some things in the past that could be called a seizure, but we also don't have any glaring, uh, you know, things. But he's on medicine, and he can't drive for six months, and so we're just asking for prayer. But, but guys, that, you know, that was quite the, the trial, if you will, in tribulation. Now, yesterday, and it, it came to mind because that wasn't the only thing that happened to our family on Friday, and I'm talking about our church family. Of course, you know that Mandy has been struggling with pneumonia uh, and many other issues. Uh, Gary White passed out almost in our first service two weeks ago. He's been having vertigo issues and the such. Debbie Henson's mom, Diane, is facing a cancer uh, diagnosis. Bob Rapold was in a potentially life-ending wreck on Friday morning. Hallelujah, praise the Lamb. The truck was the only thing that died. Bob came out of that with very few injuries, uh, has a gash that he got sewed up at the hospital, and there's such no broken bones that I am aware of. Shirley said this morning, he's fine. <laughs> Pray for Bob. Uh, but, but that happened Friday morning. Uh, Olivia uh, Morocco was involved in a wreck uh, with her uh, little one. Uh, she, him and, you know, those two are fine, but, but the car's not, obviously. Uh, and then uh, Gavin and Denise's place in St. James was broke into. This all happened in a period of about 24 hours. We have a family, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Dale and Betty requested prayer for their granddaughter uh, last week. So uh, David's mom, Connie, Connie had a aortic dissection eight to ten years ago. Like 3% of people live through that. She lived through that eight to ten years ago. She was getting a test done on Friday. She had an allergic reaction to the dye, and she stopped breathing. And they brought her back, and she's home now today. But all of that happened in that 24, 48-hour window. That's why I called you yesterday and said, please, please start praying a hedge of protection around our people, specifically intentionally start with your own folks first and then go from there. Pray for your extended church family. Pray for your 
particular ministries that are you involved in in such of that nature. Church, I believe that's important. I believe God answers those prayers. I believe he honors those prayers. I believe we need those prayers. So we can sit here and discuss each of these situations and try to ascertain whether they are attacks, corrections, or tests from the Lord. And I do believe that that is a healthy and worthwhile conversation and endeavor because there are different approaches and responses to each. But one thing is sure, yours and my enemy will not hesitate to take any of these and try to make hay out of it. So even if God has done something that would be a test or a trial, the devil's going to pile on even when and if God corrects you and I to try to get our attention, the devil will pile on. And I believe you got to ask yourself this question. Why would we be having an attack of the devil? Well, some preachers that I listen to and I agree with, if you're not being attacked by the devil, you might not be doing anything for the Lord. So so you need to start there and question, what, what am I doing that would precipitate an attack? Well, last week we baptized two Couples, two couples that have been freshly saved in the last three months or so. Devil don't like that, church. He does not like that. And he's not doing his job if he doesn't come against us. Now, here's the good news. God is still on his throne. And there is no panic in heaven. You and I just need to know how to handle these things. And so that brings us, for me, back to the original message that was planned for today next week, of course, is our Christmas message, but we've been dealing with Christmas themes. So so what is the impact of the Christmas story on the Bethel approach? We push the Bethel approach. This is what we are about to the world and to our church. I do not address a whole lot on Bethel to the world, but I wanted to address that today. The tagline for Bethel to the world is simply, know Christ, K-N-O-W, live Christ. That's who we are to be to our world. I spend more time on this second one, Bethel to Bethel, knowing our name, living our name. We will handle that next Sunday morning. But we want to look at this idea of what's the impact of the Christmas story on yours and my approach to the world. Know Christ, live Christ. Well, very simply, this is our desire for the world. This is what you and I are to live for, for the world, our sphere of influence. This is what we pray for every Sunday morning, for our sphere of influence, the people that live in our world, if you will, the people that make up our world. We want them to know Christ and to live Christ. That's our approach. So, what does that mean? Well, first of all, we want him, I'm sorry, we want them to know him once for all. There needs to be a place in time in every one of our lives and every one of our spheres' lives that they can point to and say, I did business with God right then, right there. For me, it was five years of age. The Holy Spirit, I was sitting basically where Andrew's sitting, but I was sitting next to my mother. And the Holy Spirit came to me while A.D. Livingston was preaching, and the Holy Spirit made it very clear. I didn't hear it with this ear. I heard it with this ear. 
you're lost. You're undone. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even little old Ben Kingston. The joke was, is that at five years old, I didn't have to quit smoking, drinking, cussing, or chasing women at five. I thought I was a pretty good little boy. But the Holy Spirit made it very clear. I was a sinner. And I was deserving of an eternity of punishment. For a five-year-old boy, that got real serious real fast. And I won't tell you the rest of the story because it's well documented, but long story short, I got saved that night. I prayed to receive Christ. What does that mean? Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is our desire for the world. Church, listen to me. That doesn't happen if Jesus doesn't come in a manger. None of that happens. None of that is able to happen. This came to me in first service. Y'all check this out. You see if it's good. Nothing happens from an empty tomb if there's still an empty womb in a virgin's body. That's pretty good for an old country preacher. Listen to me. But that's from the Spirit of God. You and I have an empty tomb because he filled the womb of Mary. And the baby came, and the baby didn't come to just be coddled and swaddled. He came to be crucified and to raise from the dead. We know Jesus Christ when we ask him to forgive us of our sins, to come into heart and be our Savior. Well, not only do we want our people in our sphere of influence, <clears throat> excuse me, to know him once for all, we want them to know him daily. Church, I'm proud to tell you, I was not alone in that room with my son. I was with the creator of the universe. He abode with me and Tony throughout the entire time. I was never without comfort. I was never without peace. Did I question? You bet. Did he answer? You bet. So we want them to know him daily. Now, church, please hear me. The people within your world are not going to pursue a daily relationship with Christ if you are not pursuing a daily relationship with Christ. They need to see that desire in our lives. Not only do they need to know him once for all, not only do they need to know him daily, they need to know him intimately. You see, in those dark nights of the soul is when the Holy Spirit pierces through all of that confusion and all of that doubt, and he tells you that this is what I died for. I died on the cross for you to carry you through these difficult times. I'm not going to drop you now. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to provide, and at the very least, I'm going to carry you through this. And we need that, and we need the people that we're trying to show Christ to. We need them to know that. To know him intimately. Why would Jesus crawl up on the cross and die for you and me? Because he loves us. He loves us beyond words. So not only to know him once for all, to know him daily, to know him intimately, but to know him eternally. Church, listen, when you and I get the 10 million year perspective, it changes everything. It allows you and I to be positive because we can go through some tough days here on this earth, but we know for the rest of the rest of our life, we're going to be in a climate controlled place. We're going to be healthy for the rest of the rest of our lives. There is no epilepsy in heaven, church. 
And, and fill in the blank with your situation or someone that you know. There is no cancer in heaven. There are no funeral homes in heaven. There are no hospitals in heaven. Only Jesus. And he takes care of all of those situations. So we want them to know him. But that's not all. We want them to live Christ. What does that mean? Well, you know, I like to look at life in, if you will, the areas of life. So you and I have a social life. We have a mental life. We have an intellectual life. We have uh, a spiritual life. You know, we have a work life. Well, we want the people that we introduce to Christ, we want them to live Christ in all of those areas. It's what proceeds and precipitates reproduction. As you and I live Christ in all of these areas, as the people that we reach for Christ live Christ in all of these areas, it's going to make everybody else in their sphere of influence thirsty for Christ as well. We want them to live Christ righteously. Church, you got you to gotta say no to bad things. You got to say no. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, I used to do that, but I don't any longer because of Christ. So on and so forth. And I'm telling you, church, the devil, the world, and your flesh wants you to think that that guy up there doesn't struggle with what you struggle with. You just need to talk to my wife. <laughs> and you'll know I struggle with almost everything that you guys struggle if not everything that you guys struggle with. Something came up on my phone today that's none of your business, but I want you to celebrate with me. The Lord has helped me achieve two years of being clean in an area of my life that beforehand I had not been. That's the equivalent of the alcoholic telling you that he's two years sober, so on and so forth. That came up on my phone. I knew it was getting close, but listen, please hear me. The Lord can free you to the point that you forget that old life and you're just living the new life. All things have changed. Behold, all things have passed away and all things become new because of Christ. And we want our people that we share Christ with, we want them to live righteously. Finish this for me. I don't go to that church because all that church is filled with is hypocrites. hypocrites. That's right. Now, y'all know our approach to that. Come on in. The water's fine. Because we're all hypocritical in some area type thing. Because we're sinners. But this isn't a church for saints, if you will. This, let me rephrase that. This isn't a museum for saints. This is a hospital for sick people. And we come and we admit, yes, we struggle. But God sets us free. We want our people to live Christ socially. We want Christ to make a difference in us at the ball game. We want Christ to make a difference in us at the boardroom. We want Christ to make a difference in us in the neighborhood. We want to live Christ socially. Emotionally, emotionally, we want to show emotional intelligence because Christ has changed us. Financially, there is a biblical approach to finances. We want to live that in our world. Mentally, we want him to be in charge mentally and then certainly spiritually. You know, it's my intention and hope and prayer that in all things I would be intensely 
spiritual. Now, not in relation to this church or anyone in this church, but I was lovingly challenged recently, and I was asked this question. Why did you do that? And I'm not going to tell you what that is because you'd put two and two together and you'd figure it out. And I was able to look that person in the eye and said, I did that because previous to that decision, I asked God, what do you want me to do? See, I had a list of names in front of me. Who do you want me to ask? So on and so forth. And so when I was challenged, I was able to say, I followed the direction of the Lord. Church, listen to me. We all know that we can blame things on God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being able to say it was the Holy Spirit that directed me. Spiritually intense. Intensive. What am I trying to say? Uh, Intentionally. There's the word. Intentionally spiritual. And now we all, if we're not careful, are prone to just make a snap decision without praying about it. But those many times aren't the best decisions. So if we'll stop and say, Lord, I really want to do the right thing here. What do you want me to do? So that when you are questioned, you can say, I I followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what what happened in that conversation? Oh, okay. (laughs) It, It was all good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we're fixing to have an invitation. And that invitation isn't just that, to invite you to come forward. We'll send you as someone gender appropriate. They'll share the gospel with you. Maybe you've been saved, but you've been under attack. Oh, my goodness. Let's ask the Lord to help us. I'm going to close this sermon on these thoughts. First of all, if you and I, if we feel like we are under attack, we need to pray. We need to evaluate, God, what is this? Is this correction from you? Is this you just trying to get my attention? Is this just simply a test, a trial, or is it an attack of the devil? Because if it's an attack of the devil, church, you need to get your armor on. You need to stand firm in the battle. How about this? A greater surrender slash commitment to the Bethel approach. And so here's the passage that I pointed you to. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Now listen. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So... The first, uh, starting there in verse 10, do not fear. Church, that's a choice. If you're under attack today, if you're in a trial that you don't have an answer to, do not fear. That is a choice. And then look at the next words from God. For I am with you. This is the reason that the choice should be made, must be made, and can be made. The God of heaven is inside of you, beside of you, ahead of you, and below you. You're going to be okay. And amens rang throughout the building. He's going to see you through. How about this one? Do not be dismayed. Church, in that hospital room this week, I had to think through some things. I had to work through some confusion. 
I had to choose not to be dismayed. And then look what he says, for I am your God. Nothing going on here outside of the power is outside of the power, the will, and the control of your God. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And y'all know if you've been here any length of time. No storm can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. Let's all stand. Musicians, will you come? Tony has a song that he wants to sing someday, and it's Hallelujah Anyways. Guess what song we were listening to on Joy FM when we got in the car after that? Hallelujah Anyway. Now, y'all enjoy this time. You'll especially get a kick out of this to just help us. You know, we'd been in the hospital. We hadn't eaten since we started that process, so I don't know, some 13, 16 hours which for a Kingston, that's a lifetime. So we went to the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A. Paid $5,300. I'm kidding. 51 <laughs> Paid $51 for three meals, but that was some of the best mac and cheese I've ever had. It was a good old chicken sandwich. Boy, nobody knows how to do chicken like the Lord. Amen? There you go. God has us. There's no panic in heaven, church. Only plans. Only plans. If you're here today and you need to receive Christ, please come during this invitation. Let's sing.